If it doesn't make your socks roll up and down, I don't know what does. All right, that is so exciting to hear these testimonies from these individuals. We have been blessed to see 20, I think 22 individuals be baptized since this church was formed one year ago. That's exciting, yes. Psalm 118, 23 states, This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. <laughs> Indeed, what has transpired in and through CBF in the last year is nothing but marvelous. It's certainly the hand of the Lord. This morning, I want to spend a little time, rather than moving through the life of Moses, we'll resume that next week. I thought it would be very appropriate this morning just to reflect on what God has done, is doing, and what he will be doing, Lord willing, in the days to come here in the life of Community Bible Fellowship. Some have joined us more recently, and perhaps you don't know the story, in the spring, or summer, excuse me, of 2020, a year ago, a group of 40 individuals, right? dab in the midst of a worldwide pandemic stepped out in faith and said we're going to launch a new ministry in Westfield Indiana why Westfield it's one of the fastest growing communities in Indiana and it's a strategic place in which to reach Indianapolis I would argue at least this suburb and the surrounding area for Christ as we seek to love God and to love others well and as you know that is our motto I'm going to try this clicker we'll see what happens uh, there we go, is loving God and loving others. And how do we set forth, and you know, this group of 40 individuals, there's, there's no church support. There was no denominational affiliation. We just decided, no, this is what God is calling us to do. And uh, I called a couple Christian leaders, talked to them. They said, well, you're crazy, but if God's in it, go for it. <laughs> we said, well, we're crazy, and uh, we feel that God is in it. So this is why we're doing what we're doing. And so as we lay out our mission as a church and loving God and loving others, we set forth two ways to do that. The first in the, in, under loving God was to glorify him. It's part of our goal, a passion for his word. We take studying the word very seriously. In fact, I was asked recently, what are the distinctives of CBF? And I said, well, one of them is you've got a group of believers that are committed to the word. They know how to think biblically and engage a culture that, culture that desperately needs to hear the gospel. And that leads us to the third point under loving God, and that's centrality of the gospel. We have to be mission-minded, and we're going to talk more on that here shortly. But this is ways in which we as a body of believers can love God. And as you can see, loving others, three areas that we teased out of that is grace in our relationships, accountability to one another, and excellence in our pursuits. The staff know I've said it a few times. In fact, they teased me now. I said, Christian shoddy is still shoddy. So it is our desire to do things with excellence, not for our glory, but for the Lord's glory, and, and not to distract from the message that God has called us to deliver. And so, with that prong, in less than a year, we've seen a church double, over double in size, and we're running now about 350 to 400, which is so exciting to see, is it? I mean, look at the round. Indeed, God is marvelous, is he not? Well, yes. <laughs> you can clap, that's okay. We allow that on occasion. 
So as we look at what we're doing here, what's happening, I thought that you'd love this. This is a map of those who are attending CBF. Look where they're all originating. Uh, some are traveling quite a ways from Mooresville, Pittsburgh. Uh, some are much closer to home. But as we are trying to reach this area for Christ, I think that's exciting to see a visual, uh, uh, visual example of what's happening. But also, not only are we in person, but I think some folks don't realize we have an online service as well. And we're going to talk about Nate and his crew but this might surprise you since november when we launched our online services starting in november we've had over seven thousand views that is units that's not people so if you have a family of four that are sitting watching the television that's only one unit the unique views are 1900 all 50 states and 10 countries are represented and in the last four weeks we've had seven almost 700 total views in other words, on a Sunday morning, there's approximately 60 units that are watching live. And then we have, as you can see from the stats for those, that's uh, a little over 50% who are watching the recordings. For those who need something to sleep by, they then look at those. <laughs> but I don't show this, at, oh, look at our numbers. And, and, and it is exciting to see what the Lord's doing, but it's the, the lives that are getting changed, seeing folks involved in church that perhaps have felt marginalized for a while uh seeing 22 individuals be baptized we challenged the congregation if you recall uh to read through the bible in a year and several of you said i'm keeping up on that if you're like me i'm i'm behind a few days so we're gonna need a vacation just to read um and getting caught up and and so together we're trying to read through the bible and, and it's just these various ways in which we're trying to grow not only in number but spiritually and again that's the lord's doing and in order to accomplish all of this you need a great staff and you need an army of volunteers and we have that here at cbf don't we and again i don't normally do this but this morning we have got to honor some people who work tirelessly behind the scenes and first is the staff that i work with partner with there's only four staff members at this church, uh, and it's a bit daunting at times, and they're about, we've had a few mutinies uh, on deck, but uh, I'm holding my own. But uh, I want to thank first Pastor Michael. Um, I am so blessed to have Michael Venter, yes. I shared this with the congregation. I had over 5,500 students in the seven years that I taught at a Christian university, and there's only three that would rise to the top that I'd say, yeah, I'd love to have as an associate. He was the top of the list. What's been exciting over these few months that he's on staff is he's teaching me, and he's, he's challenged me on some things and helped me see some, and I am just so honored and blessed to serve alongside you, Michael. So thank you. Our ministry director, Amy Flynn, I don't, yeah, she is here. Amy, would you stand, please? I want to thank Amy. I told the prayer team, it's the Lord, and then Amy Flynn, who keeps this thing afloat. And uh, I can assure you that she is three steps ahead of all of us as she's thinking through on the staff of what needs to be done. Actually, it's probably 20 steps. And Amy, I'm just so grateful to serve alongside you and then Nate Pletcher, who's at our tech. Uh, Nate, yes. Uh, 
It's a daunting task. We've moved, as you know, from 502 to here. We've incorporated a ton of technology and we, it keeps changing. And in order to even run the online services, uh, he has a crew of, there's 26 on that crew. There's some in the sound booth running the online services, the screens and the crew that's here. And so to all of you, but Nate in particular for the countless hours you give, thank you team, appreciate it. And then our interim worship pastor, Austin Meyer, who's not here today, I'm just thankful for him and for Larry filling in today. Where are you, Larry? There you are. Thank you so much. Appreciate all that you do. If you're a member, and if you haven't joined, we'd love to have you partner with us as a member. We're Congregational Rand, so you have a direct say in what we do here at this as a church. But we do have a group of elders that are leading, and you as a member are assigned to an elder and to a deacon. And if I could just have, I want to read off our elders' names, and if they could stand. First is our chair, Mike Razor. Where are you, Mike? He might be working. There is Mike way in the back. Uh, Brad Bell. Ryan Booker. Jeff Cluxton. Tom Flynn and Gail Stoller. Thank you, men. the countless hours they have given in meetings in fact last sunday night it was or i think it is we met from five to ten or it was two sundays ago uh the countless hours they're giving to help shepherd you as a flock and to lead us uh, I, it's very humbling to serve with these men so thank you guys for all that you do for our deacons i'll read the names and then you can clap is richard nelson who serves as the chair of our deacon board and susan we also have Don and Linda Becker. If you guys will stand, you have to stand at least, right? Uh, the Beckers, Ron and Jenny Brake, George and Marla Ganahl, Dan and Deb Wirtz, and Ludu Yella. I want to thank our deacons. Thank you, team, for what you do. Our children's ministry. The reason I want to go through this list, I, I want you to see the, the countless people that are involved here to, to, to see this ministry go forward. Tilly Pyatt and Lori Evans are doing a Herculean task as they have on an average 19 children back in the kids area. And they have 50 volunteers that oversee the children's ministry. That's amazing. So I may need 50, but yes, that's awesome. So thank you team. Our youth ministry, as we continue to develop and get this off the ground, Pastor Michael leads that charge with Ryan Booker and we have others like Ashley Harvey who's leading the, the women's or young ladies Bible study and et cetera. I just want to thank this team for all that they do. And we have over 50 teens, I believe, at the church. So thank you all for what you do in that ministry. Our communications team. We have a group that runs the newsletter to the bulletin. They edit all that we do. Bill Bubenzer, Donna Martin, Cindy Keeler, and Ron Page. To that team, thank you for the countless hours you give. Yeah. And, and correcting my mistakes. So I'm very thankful for that. So yes. Uh, our missions team. We launched a missions team last month. They are busy and active. We got a missions conference coming up, which I'll talk about in a minute. But that missions team is chaired by Bob Whitmore, and there are 10 members of that team. If you're on the missions committee, will you stand for us? I want to thank you as well. So thank you, team, for all you're doing. 
and this, by the way, is in no order, particular order, as I formed this list, but also our prayer team under the Cluxtons. We've got 19 individuals who are praying during the week. This is key. Also on Sunday mornings, you're welcome to join us. There's over 50 individuals who meet out in that foyer, and they pray around 9.15 to 9.30 for the service, for you, etc. And, and that's the backbone, is it not, of the church? And so our prayer team, if you would stand. Thank you very much. Where are you? Stand. There you are. Yay. Thank you very much. I mentioned our production team, and I want to thank them. Our worship team, our musicians, thank you. You don't want me to sing and lead you in worship, so I'm so grateful for all, each one of you. And if you've been involved in our worship team, if you would stand, I want to publicly thank you all. Yes. Thank you. We also have a group that's been working on our land and building, and they have given countless hours. I've participated in a couple meetings it is way over my head and i am so grateful for who god has brought our way if you're on that building committee would you stand and I, we want to thank you yes that group will continue to grow and i just want to thank those that are involved at this time there's a hospitality team this is under amy flynn we have 78 volunteers that are involved with setting up, tearing down, greeters, communion host, welcome desk, new here, sanctuary host, harbor cafe, and on that list goes. If you're part of that 78 that brings those bins all the way down from the third floor, we have to clap for you. So stand because you deserve it. Yes. Thank you all. I don't see, I don't see many of the 78. They're probably resting. Yes. They're out there helping out right now. The parking attendants, thank you guys for what you do, and, and Tom Flynn and company as they set up those signs out on the ground, come rain, shine, uh, snow, sleet, you name it, they're out there. And so to you guys, if you'd stand, I want to thank you, Tom and company. Yes, guys, thank you. We've got a team of ushers under now under Tom Tuttle, and I want to thank you for who is ushering. We also have a security and medical teams under Kurt Collins, and so thank you for keeping us safe. Uh, Kurt calls you guys the sheepdogs, and so I thank you for attending the sheep well. And also our fellowship team who have helped with the events. Uh, today, Carrie Bell, I am sure Carrie is not in this room, she's out there. Uh, what a Herculean task to oversee 400. Uh, she said, I feel like I'm putting on a wedding shower. I said, well, it is an anniversary. And so I just want to publicly thank Carrie and each of you who've been involved with that or the last luncheon, if you could stand. Uh, there was a group about 60 here yesterday working for two hours to set up those tables. So if you're part of that group, would you stand? And we just want to thank you. <laughs> I, there we go. All right. Don't be shy. Thank you so much. And I would be amiss not to thank my wife and my kids because they have sacrificed a lot of hours and they've watched daddy get here early, leave late, meetings, etc. They've. My wife is, uh, it's great being married to a counselor. I get free counseling whether I want it or not. It's <laughs> dynamite. And so I just praise the Lord for my, my wife and my kids. My parents are here today too. It's great to have them with me. So you uh, don't blame them for some of the quirkiness. You know, they've been great. 
Well, where is the Lord leading? Let me just talk briefly on this. I want to give you four things that are happening in the life of the church. You've probably heard rumblings if you were at a business meeting, but I just want to make sure we're all on the same page. As you know, uh, we have entered a contract with 15 acres and a building. It's Oak Spring Church is the name of the, uh, the, the church that's closing. Uh, and they uh, uh, said, you know what? We want to maintain a church here. You give us $500,000, the 15 acres in Westfield off 161st is yours, along with the 4,000 square foot building and everything that is in it. <laughs> That's the Lord. That is the Lord. Yes. We, uh, we're doing due diligence now, so pray for that. We're working through that process, or I should say the building committee is. And so again, thank you all for all that you're doing. Let me give you another of what God is doing, and that is Sunday School will be launched on September the 12th. This is for all ages, and another team of volunteers, an army needs to rise up, and we do have them. I'm so excited. There'll be a, a children's ministry Sunday School. Again, this is from 9 to 9.45, and sir, the main worship service will still start at 10. We will end, though, at 11.15. We're adding 15 minutes on. Isn't that a great deal? You're not paying any extra. I love it. So uh, we're just finding it's, it's an hour is, is too tight, all that we need to accomplish. So the children's, there'll be nursery, pre-K, kindergarten, first, I think first through second, third through fifth, and then there's a teens. They'll break down in that room, and then there's an adult Sunday school class to launch on September the 12th. And I am just ecstatic uh, to see what God is doing and, and those that are involved. So thank you to that. Also, we are actively pursuing a full-time worship pastor, as some of you know, and we've begun a national search for that. And just pray that God will uh, bring the right person to our doorstep as we continue to seek his will. And then one other thing I want to highlight is our missions conference. It'll be the last three Sundays of October. It's entitled Prepare to Stand. On the last Sunday, we are partnering with Iron to Iron Ministries, Iron to Iron host an annual event where they bring in a keynote speaker and our keynote speaker will also then preach on Sunday of that weekend and that's Andrew Brunson. Andrew and I did our doctorates together at Aberdeen and as you probably know Andrew went back to Turkey when we were in, in Scotland and went back to Turkey to serve as a missionary for 23 years and then was arrested trumped up charges for two years he was in penitentiaries there in Turkey with really no hope of being rescued apart from God intervening and God using Donald Trump, former president, and Mike Pence to, to really uh, interfere and not interfere, but to get involved and to see that he was released. And so Andrew is going to come and he said, I, I really want to talk about what it means to stand for Christ when there's disappointments, when there is fear. And he said, I also think it's a message we as Christians in the United States need to hear very clearly. And so I am ecstatic that he's coming, and Lord willing, his wife will be joining him, Noreen. And so mark your calendars now. The, this is quite uh, an honor to have him. He has a very busy speaking schedule, and uh, he's worked us in, and, and I'm just so grateful for that. So what did the psalmist declare in Psalm 118? This is the Lord's doing. <laughs> Indeed, it is marvelous in our eyes. When I look at what God is doing here, and we look at our church and we rehearse, I want you to turn to Acts chapter 2. 
just briefly, I want to look at a text this morning. Again, this is atypical for us on a Sunday morning. We, we are exegetical, expository preaching. But this morning, and, and we just have to stop. We need to set some stones of remembrance of what God has done, what he is doing, and what I believe he is continuing to do here at the church. And as I thought through this morning, thinking, what are the marks of a healthy church? What, what are we striving to be as a body of believers? And Acts chapter 2, I think, hits nail on the head. In verse 41, which I realize 42 is the beginning of the next section, but you need to go to 41 first. It says, so those who accepted his message... Peter's preached, they've responded to the gospel they have believed. It says, then they were baptized, and that day about 3,000 people were added. You want to talk about church growth. Woo, right? 3,000 were added as the gospel went forth, and the disciples are fulfilling what Jesus gave them. That was to go make disciples. The only imperative in Matthew 28 is to make disciples. The rest all fall with that. How do you make disciples? You go. How do you make disciples? The Christ followers that are committed to him, you baptize them. And that's what's detailed there in Matthew 28. And so they're fulfilling that. But then look what it says in verse 42. They, the believers, were devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Reverential awe came over everyone, and many wonders and miraculous signs came about by the apostles. All who believed were together and held everything in common. They began selling their property and possessions, contributing the proceeds to everyone as anyone had need. Every day they continued to gather together by common consent in the temple courts, breaking bread from house to house, sharing their food with glad and humble hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number every day those who were being saved." If you have the notes there, there's an outline, but just a few things that I want to highlight in the way of marks of a healthy church. First is the increase in conversions and baptisms. If there are no conversions or no baptisms, I think the church needs to take a real hard look at themselves, what's happening. That's why I love seeing the baptisms. Aren't those glorious? To hear these testimonies, it's a reminder to all of us who've made that same profession that we need to be faithful. And if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I hope you heard what they were declaring today. And we would love to show you. I can't think of a better thing on a one-year anniversary. That's, that's the icing on the cake, no pun intended. But going to the text, we see also a devotion to the cause. That devotion is spilled out in several areas. One is apostolic teaching. Do you notice what marks the church? First and foremost is the teaching of the Word. It's evangelistic, it's instructional, but they understood the importance of doctrine. Michael Horton, in his work on James Montgomery Boyce, makes this very profound statement. He writes, Throughout church history, preachers who have left a lasting impact on the church have known that the regular proclamation of Christ through the close exposition of Scripture is more relevant in creating a worshiping and serving community listen to what he says, then political causes, moral crusades, and entertaining services. That hit the nail on the head. The day that we stop preaching the word and, and adhering to the word of God as a body of believers, we're in trouble. People didn't come to hear Michael or David. <laughs> they didn't come to hear a glorious worship. They came, a worship team, they came here to exalt the name of the Lord. 
And that's done through the preaching of the word. I mean, think about Paul's charge to Timothy. What does he tell this young lad as he passes the baton to him? To, to Ephesus. I mean, that was the church of who's who. And he gives that church the oversight to Timothy. And Paul says, what's his first instruction? Instruct the people. Adhere to the traditions that I have taught you. Don't veer from them. And so the teaching is vital. Secondly is fellowship, as you see in the text. This isn't some kumbaya club. <laughs> no, 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 no. When we talk about koinonia, fellowship, we're talking about responsibility and accountability among the believers. It's vital. And we could talk more on that, but preaching the word, fellowship, the breaking of bread, communion, observing what Christ has done for us on a continual basis. That's why the first Sunday of every month we, we take communion. And also note it, there is prayer that is mentioned at the end of verse 42. That is key. Every chapter in the book of Acts, implicitly or even explicitly, will refer to prayer. It's vital. It's, it, for God's blessing on this church, etc., seeking direction, it's, it's so important, the emphasis on prayer. Also, you will note the outpouring of the Spirit that's mentioned there in verse 43. David Wells, in his recent, it just came out, a booklet that he wrote called The Bleeding of Evangelicalism. He says, what is most lost is what most needs to be recovered. It is the unsettling, disconcerting moral presence of God in our midst. He could no longer be the junior partner in our religi religious enterprises, and he could never be just an ornamental direct, decoration upon our church life. It is because God now rests so inconsequently upon the church that the church is free to plot and to devise success in its own way. That is why so many of our forebears in the faith would scarcely even recognize us as their children today. Ouch. So what Wells is calling for is a return to a sensitivity to the Spirit's leading, a dependence on the role of the Lord in our lives we also see a commitment to one another. You see this there in verses 45, well, 44 and 45. And some would use this to say, ah, there it is. Scripture teaches communism. You know, they share all of their goods. Careful, careful. First of all, that's a misunderstanding of the historical context there that you see. Uh, poverty was rampant in the first century. Only 2% controlled 85% of the wealth. Secondly, there's no senior citizen club or AARP and if if you accepted Christ in a Jewish community in the first century you're going to be ostracized from the synagogue there's there's no social network or support they're going to need some provisions and third you have pilgrims coming in for the Passover and Pentecost who are accepting the Lord and it seemed to be that they're staying there because they want more teaching so what do you do with them how do you house them what do you do how do you feed them and so historical context does not argue they're here for communism grammatical construction it's in perfect tense it means it's ongoing and then third is the contextual context which is clear it's a voluntary issue no what we see in acts 2 is an understanding that true discipleship calls for nothing to eclipse our devotion to christ and ministering to those around us that's what acts chapter 2 is stating it's what should mark the church and and i would argue it marks you all keep it up you're a very generous lot, and God has blessed. We don't mention giving, 
there are boxes in the back, but our, our budget is very sound because of your generosity. Thank you. And then finally, there's unity in mission. Do you love this? In gladness they're serving. Seven out of the nine times the reference to joy is found in the book of Acts. It's the birth of the church. This is exciting. Even Paul, the end of, of Acts, where is he? He's in prison. And yet what are they doing? They're rejoicing. Why? Because it's not about us. It's about the gospel going forth. It's about exalting his name. And so that's what we see here. And, and so they're rejoicing. And the text ends, and it shouldn't surprise anyone, it says that they continued to grow. It's the first of seven references to the church growing in the book of Acts. And again, it should not surprise us based upon these healthy marks of the church. Wayne Grudem in his systematic theology states, what is the purpose, what is the distinctives of the church? He said it's to ministry to God, that is worship and prayer, ministry to believers, that's through preaching and teaching, discipleship, mercy, fellowship, and it's through ministry to the world, evangelism and mercy. That's what we're longing for. So there's a few questions to run with this this morning, and we'll end, but it's there at the latter part of your notes. On an individual basis, how are you intentionally contributing to the church? And I use a big C there, but how are you intentionally involved? I belonged for a while at a church when I lived in Dallas, Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship. Tony Evans was the pastor. And you couldn't be a member if you weren't involved in a ministry in the church or in a parachurch ministry. We don't have that qualification here. I don't think we have to worry. <laughs> you guys are so passionate about serving. Keep it up. It's awesome. But how can you intentionally contribute? And as we grow and as we are being, trying to be strategic in how we grow and what ministries we uh, introduce, just be patient with us. Uh, we're working on those. Space is an issue and logistics can be overall as an issue. But secondly, as I mentioned there in your notes, identify one area which you can assist with the unity of the local body of believers. Satan would love nothing more. Our target is getting bigger and bigger. Satan would love nothing more than to discredit us as a body of believers. Ah, look, they can't get along. They're discontent. They complain. They're stabbing each other in the back. We don't want that. We want to be unified. And so I've listed some ways that you might want to do that. But let me give you a corporate question. I think the central question, the bottom line for CBF is why has God raised up this work in this place at this time? And what does he want to do in and through us? Ultimately, it's to glorify him as we seek to love him and love one another well. <laughs> Father, thank you for the church. It's your bride. And Lord, we, we look around this landscape across the U.S., and the church at times seems very anemic. It seems at times the message is distracted from what it needs to be. But Lord, it's, it's your son's bride, and it's right where you want it to be. And Father, you have given us the unbelievable opportunity to serve as a local church here in Westfield. And Father, I pray that you would continue to see fit to bless us. Go before us as a congregation. 
Lord, it's not about any one of us. It's not about a particular ministry that we have to have our hands on. It's, it's about you. It's about loving you and loving one another. Thank you for the incredible privilege it is to serve alongside this congregation as a shepherd. Lord, as we together exalt your name, it is our desire that, that when people see us, they see your son. And it's in his name, Jesus, we pray.